Hello friends, my name is Keith, and you're in Montreal with a little show called The Volume Knob, the songs that saved your life. This week, Emily and Zeitgeist. Friends, as you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, the volume knob is about the intersection between music and human emotion. And that means all sorts of human emotion and all kinds of music. That said, this week we have a special treat because we're heading to the pit with a fantastic storyteller. My name is Emily Poulin. I'm a storyteller writer from the greater Toronto area. And the song that saved my life is Zeitgeist by Incendiary. Though Emily's story might be a little louder than most, it might wear a spiked belt, but it's grounded in the same essential humanity that all of our storytellers bring. It's a story about love and heartbreak and finding home and finding purpose. Oh, and, and also double kick drums. Lots of double kick drums. Here's Emily. So during the most formidable time of uh, anyone's life, I was growing up in the hardcore and punk scene of the general Toronto area. Um, and what I remember most of that is at the corner of Queen and Bathurst in Toronto, there used to be this three-level DIY venue where they had all the rock and hardcore shows. And at the bottom level was the Big Bop, where all the 19-plus people went, where they could drink. But the top two levels was the Cathedral and the Reverb. And these were the dingiest, most disgusting, vulgar venues that they let people of all ages go. And uh, we had big black permanent marker X's on our hands to indicate that we couldn't drink. Um, But we spent three to four hours there every weekend just absorbing all of the noise that was coming from these venues. And uh, with the the heavy chugs of the guitars and the, the double bass drums just like beating through you, it was unreal. It was an unreal experience. And uh, that's where I saw all of this chaos into. Uh, there were people jumping off the stage. There was people throwing fists. There were like people doing spin kicks and cartwheels. And I was like, I was amazed, but also confused. And this was their type of mod. It wasn't push moshing. People weren't pushing each other. They would just hit each other. And from the outside looking in, you think that that's not okay. But the person in these rooms, the person that knocked you down first, uh, is the first person to help you back up. You know, the person to accidentally punch you in the face is the person to see if you're okay. And it was like this etiquette, it was this unspoken kind of bond that people had. And it was 
energizing. I was like, these people are getting hurt voluntarily and they're in love with it. So a group of friends and I would go to shows every weekend or every chance that we could. And I noticed that there wasn't many women or girls going to these shows. Um, I guess it was like a 90% to 10% ratio of, uh, of men to women. So I started moshing and the, the girls that were at the show, they were usually standing by the sides or the back or the front of the stage. And I wanted to mosh so bad. So I did. I started moshing with all of my friends who happened to be guys at the time. And I didn't see anything wrong with that. I, uh, made a nickname for myself, Cartwheel Queen, because I was really good at cartwheels. And I would get punched in the face and it'd be fine. I would punch back and it'd be fine. And then this, this was the environment that I was, I felt that I was finding myself in. I was energized. I was finding all these people, this cool music. I felt like I was a part of something that was huge. After about a year, I was about 15 and I was on top of, like I thought I knew everything, as you do when you're 15 all the time. Um, I, I, I heard this kind of echo in the back of one of the venues that we were uh, going to a show at and it was just a, a loud yell and I couldn't quite make out what it was. I knew it didn't go with the lyrics that, was, that, that the band was screaming at the time. But they said, no clit in the pit. And just saying it now is, is very cringy to me. Um, it's just a vis- very distasteful uh, phrase. But at the time, I didn't really understand that it was directed at me particularly because I was uh, the girl in the pit and the only one with a clit at the time. Uh, so I was taken aback and I kind of stepped back behind my friends and I just observed for a little bit and I didn't really understand the depth of what that guy said Um, and it wasn't just him it was several others and just like that a couple of kids yelling no clit in the pit turned something that to Emily had been perfect into something a little more complicated I continued to go to shows and, but it was always this little seed in the back of my head being like, should I be here? Because of the, the, that was the first time that I questioned if I should be there or not, or whether I belong here or any of that. I never questioned it before. So to have something that you love so much, not love you back, is just that I felt gutted and I didn't know what to do with it. So Over the next few years, I continued to go to shows, but I had a different mentality about it. I had a little bit of skepticism. Um, I kind of had this minor jaded mentality. I was bitter. Um, I didn't really enjoy it for what it was. I enjoyed it. I went to make myself feel bigger uh, than I was. And I don't know why, but it just jaded my mentality of the whole thing. In 2016, uh, I was I was much older. 
I was in my mid-twenties, and my friend proposed this idea that we go to This Is Hardcore, which is a hardcore festival, a four-day long hardcore festival in Philadelphia. And he said, we should go for the weekend. We'll camp out. We'll have a good time at the hardcore show. And that's it. So I was like, okay. That sounds like an okay idea. So we went, we drove uh, to uh, Philadelphia. We stayed, we camped in New Jersey. And we went to the show every day in Philadelphia. There was one big venue in Philadelphia. And one stage and band after band after band would play and we caught the end of the uh festival on friday night uh that's when it would start it would start friday night and we caught the end of that and i couldn't really get a grasp of it but i was like this could be this could be a good weekend you know i was going into it with little to no expectation because i didn't want to build myself up too high But then on Saturday, we woke up and immediately brushed our teeth with, like, the camping water that we had. And we made our way to the venue on Saturday. And I walk in the venue on Saturday afternoon. And this song, uh, it, was, it was the time that Incendiary was playing. And it was their intro song. And the drums were just... The drums and the guitar was just such a build-up. It was like, you could feel it. You could feel the energy building. And everyone was just like running from side to side, bouncing off the walls, very literally bouncing off the walls. And I was looking around, and I saw so many different people. And I saw, like, I saw a man, like a six-foot-tall guy with his kid, on his shoulders wearing those soundproof headphones and I saw you know two gay guys uh, making out in the corner and I saw um, a trans woman just living her best life headbanging and it was like I saw so many different walks of life and so many different people and I walk up to the border of where the mosh pit would about to st- was about to start. And I see this kid waltz in uh, through the wall of people that was standing there. And I've never seen so many people collectively barricade themselves so this kid wouldn't get <laughs> hit by anyone in the mosh pit. And it was that sense of camaraderie, again. It was that sense of mosh etiquette, which sounds weird to say but it very much exists and I think I at that moment I was like this is what I have missed all of these years this is what it's about I think it was there the whole time but I don't think that I was looking for it because I was so jaded and because I had this negative outlook on it this song Zeitgeist by Incendiary was playing and the energy level was so high and it just brought everything together for me. It was like this, it was like the scoring of my own movie that was playing in my head. I was like, this is what it's all about. And after 
after the whole weekend, we saw, you know, band after band. We must have saw, like, over 50 bands that weekend. And I... It was like taking a whole 24-pack of Red Bull and drinking it and then keeping it in my body. Like, I was so energized by the end of that weekend that it's like falling re... Like it's re-falling in love with something. Um, I think we... You know, like, relationships with people... You know, they come and go and you can rekindle a flame, but relationships with tangible things or a community it never really leaves, you know, it never really leaves. So, um, I still love hardcore and I still love punk. Um, I have since retired boshing because my body can't take it. Uh, but I, maybe who knows when that song plays again, maybe I'll come out of retirement. listening. The Volume Knob is a weekly exploration of personal stories and of the power of music. It's produced by Semlimit Audio and it's edited, hosted, mixed, and uh, managed by me, Keith Seri. If you haven't already, I'd be honored if you'd go over to your podcasting tool of choice and hit that subscribe button. It really does help. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Volume Knob 1, that's the number one, and on Instagram at Volume underscore Knob. My thanks to Emily for their fantastic story this week. Be sure to get over to www.volumeknob.net for show notes with links to more info about Emily and their work. Also, while you're there, be sure to sign up for our Volume Knob newsletter. Finally, my thanks to Miles for his 30-second review of Zeitgeist, which I think he nails completely. So, tell me what you think. It was very loud, to say the least. I mean, I was warned about the fact that it was going to be loud, but nevertheless, it was loud. The lyrics were, I mean, I didn't really understand them. But it got to a point where I felt like I didn't have to. There was probably something meaningful being said, but it's just like, sometimes loud is just meaningful. <laughs> I like that. See you again next week on The Volume Knob for more stories about the songs that saved your life. <laughs>